Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and I got to tell you, this is going to be an exciting interview. Um, I am I'm talking with Paul Rush. He's a lifelong creator. He's an entrepreneur and a technologist who launched the product studio Substantial after many lessons learned building his prior startups. And then while founding Substantial in 2006, Paul vowed to create a business that had longevity and significance in the world. Since then, he's gone on uh, to work with, uh, he and his team with companies like Amazon, Mercedes-Benz, and the Wall Street Journal. And uh, they've incubated and launched their own products like Hello Epics. So Paul is a true serial entrepreneur. He's passionate about solving real problems for his clients and, uh, and going out and solving big problems in the world. And so I'm excited to have him here. Paul, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Well, you've got a, a really interesting background, um, and I'm excited to to learn a lot more. And I'm hoping that you can kind of fill in the gaps for us with uh, with what was in the bio, uh, because everybody, you know, we all put the best stuff in the bio. But I'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey and what got you to this stage of your career. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a strange question to answer because I I, I don't know if I have a typical path. Uh, but um, it certainly is is a path. I I uh, never really uh, had an intention to do anything other than entrepreneurship since I was uh, young. For some reason, I just kind of latched onto the idea when I was um, I think probably still in high school and started experimenting with you know interesting ways to try to try to put two and two together from a business perspective. Um, I did have one job after college, and it lasted a total of six months. And then ever since then. Um, you know, for the past, what has it been, 20 years? That's a crazy number. Um, it's just been trying to figure out how to start one business after the next. And the other interests that I've had have been kind of compatible with that in a strange way. I studied computer science and, and music in, in university. And um, music winds up being, I think, very entrepreneurial too. Anyone who's a, a creator, an artist, musician, winds up in a, I would say, very entrepreneurial headspace because you have to figure out how to... Um, to, to make a living from, from, from nothing. I mean, society does not want to support you doing that necessarily. There's no built-in ways for making money. So you have to hustle and, um, uh, you know, find a way to, to, uh, to, to make money. And, um, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of similarity between entrepreneurship and, and, and art. And I love thinking about the parallels there, both from, from selling the sort of products that you're making as well as, uh, from the sort of creation standpoint building things. Um, so yeah, that's a roundabout way of saying it's been, it's been an unusual path just forced, forced into by my own, uh, you know, interest in entrepreneurship of just making one thing after the next. And so you, you've, you've started a, a series of businesses. Tell us a little bit about the, what types of businesses you've been through and, and how you ended up with, uh, with creating substantial and why that business uh, um, and why that business right now? Yeah, so I started a, um, the first thing I started out of, out of, uh, out of school was um, a company that did uh, consulting work um, and product development work for the music industry specifically. So we were, we were looking at all kinds of new technologies and helping record labels try to innovate, which wound up being uh, an interesting path, if you know anything about the music industry and its progression at the time. Uh, it's always sort of resisted uh, innovation and change. Um, but the work was super interesting, and I got to work with a lot of a lot of really interesting people um, and learn the the music industry well. And then I did music 
full time for a while, and then I started a uh, a digital music retail company um, that was before and around this time when iTunes launched uh, to sell MP3s online, and it was for for DJs. And out of that business, wound up um, wound up with a great team, and uh, you know we we sort of practically wanted to get more more product launched, but uh, we we decided that doing some consulting would be um, a great way to spend some time while we were thinking about what to build next and it wound up just exploding. So it was a sort of practical uh, business um, and, and the demand was there for the level of talent that we had. So it, we just sort of followed the success of it and uh, you know, it grew um, pretty quickly uh, year over year we were doubling in size um, and we were self-funded. So it was an interesting, it's been an interesting ride. The ups and downs have been, Huge, and the lessons have been huge. Uh, getting the company off the ground, it's where to say. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, we we all go through those things, right? I don't think there's any yeah. business just sort of that that sort of straight up and to the right arrow in growth, right? There's there's just always something that happens in there, and um, you know, and you've got to deal with it. So, as you think back over your experience when things have gotten difficult, what are some of the ways you've found to, to kind of stay persistent and keep moving forward? Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's super relevant for the last couple of years because I was able to grow the company to um, something north of, you know, 80 employees. And then we, and we really flatlined for a while uh, trying to figure out the next phase. And I know that, you know, anybody who's been through the different sort of phases of growth of a business knows that you eventually hit some kind of wall that you're not going to be able to, figure out how to get around um, that whole, you know, there's a book on uh, what is it called? What, what you got, what got you here? Won't get you there. Um, you, you, we're all kind of making it up as we go along for the most part. And then you reach a place where um, you can't figure out how to get around the next obstacle. And that uh, can be huge. That stops a lot of businesses. A lot of people wind up going out of business after that. It's a, it's a, it's a delicate time. You have to force yourself to learn new things or find people who are more appropriate for the stage that you're in. And it's a, it's a major, major challenge. Um, and it's, you know, especially if you experience a lot of growth, you're wondering what you've suddenly done wrong. The answer is there's nothing that you've done wrong. Um, you've just hit a place where you, you're, you've, you've run out of runway for, for what you know how to do. And I was lucky enough to have some, some mentors and, and help that, you know, that, that helped me, become aware of that and realize that there's work that you need to do to change yourself and change your perspective from where you're going. Um, and so we went down for a while and it's been, you know, a rebuilding process to get back from there. I think the, the things that help the most are, I, I always come back to this, this um, proverb. Uh, there's a whole story about it, which is this too shall pass. Um, there's a great story online you can look up that goes along with this. But the idea is that at any moment in life, you're in a place where uh, whatever is present for you is not permanent. And that is both humbling when things are going well, uh, realizing that this is not a permanent state of existence. Um, I mean, it's equally helpful and that helps you sort of check yourself about where you are. Um, and, you know, and also when things are not going well, uh, this two shell pass just helps you realize that that's, um, that's a temporary state of existence too. And it's just, a matter of, of being patient and trying your best uh, to get through it and to wait for things to change. And 
you know, maybe the other thing that's been really helpful is I, I like to think of everything, including all the, the difficult moments in life as um, education, um, where, you know, when you, when you lose money on something, you know, I, I like to think about it as, as tuition that I'm paying for the grand school of life where, um, you know, hopefully the loss that I've incurred is something that I can learn from and that will avoid some bigger loss in the future or give you some wisdom that you can use to take advantage of. Uh, because they're kind of inevitable, and uh, if you're just upset about them, I don't know, you know exactly what that gets you. Yeah, you know, you and I share similar views on that. Um, I, I call it tuition at the school of hard knocks, and uh, yeah, sometimes it's expensive tuition. I got to tell you. Um, oh, absolutely. You, you know, the trick is just not paying it twice for the same thing. Um, you know, well, you hope you get there, but you don't always it, get there. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> making those mistakes a couple times. Exactly. Um, so I, I want to, uh, I, first of all, I think that those are great thoughts. The, the idea that, that whatever situation, whatever circumstance you're in now is, is merely temporary, which when you're in it, sometimes is not the, the easiest thing to convince yourself of, but, um, but nonetheless it's true. And, uh, and then also kind of understanding how to, how to frame, uh, losses and and use them as education because I, I really think you know for, for folks who are listening to this they they aren't necessarily beginners in business they've been around for a while they're gonna be around for a while um, and of all of the people in all the interviews we've done now um, the the theme that I've heard from really everyone is that once you get to a certain stage in in entrepreneurship you've got scars you know, oh, yeah. there, are, there are skeletons in the closet. There are mistakes that you've made. Uh, but that's really all part of the process. And what's really interesting is that when I first got in business um, out of college in the mid-90s, um, with that generation of people that, that I was working with and working for, you didn't talk about the mistakes. But today, I feel like we're a lot more open um, it's, it's sort of okay to come out and say, yeah, I, you know, don't do what I did. I bombed here and here, but here's what we learned and here's how we've been successful, which I think is a much healthier way to do it and, and frankly contributes more. Um, but it's been really interesting to watch that change. And, um, and the thing that I've learned through all these interviews, and I appreciate you sharing what you have is that everybody goes through this. There's no mm -hmm. way around. Yeah. Well, I wonder how people back then, uh, you know, survived because you need other people to commiserate with and to learn from. I mean, I wonder what's changed in the culture that shifted us towards more, you know, being more open um, about our failure. Well, I, I think a lot of that has to do with the internet um, and, and with this massive growth of information. Uh, we've gone yeah. from a, yeah. you know, really, where, when I came out of college, that was sort of the tail end of uh, of the you know industrial model where it was very scarcity based and and competition focused. And if another firm won, you lost. And right. the the change that I have seen is to yeah, there's still competition, but there's also a, a lot more collaboration than there was before. 
Uh, and I think the technology has made that possible. And I think just some changing dynamics in, in the economics of the world have made that possible where it really wasn't before. Um, and so I, I really chalk a lot of it up to that, but it's really stark to, to see those two differences. Yeah. Well, wh whatever's changed, I'm deeply grateful that this is the culture that we're in because <laughs> we can't imagine doing this without, you know, the invitation to, to, to connect with other people about, about the problems that you're having. So it's such a great way to, to help you get over them and to make, and to make it valuable, to make it, you know, something that you've learned from. Yeah. Um, I, well, mean, I will say a lot of that did happen but privately, whereas right, right, today right. someone will fire up, you know, their, their WordPress site and they'll write about it or they'll go yeah. on meet, you know, and do a 10,000 yeah. word post on all of the mistakes they made and the lessons they learned. And you just didn't have that. Then there were, there wasn't a good way to do it, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to remember what that world was like, but it was out there. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, well, I, I want to take a break. I want to come back. And when we come back, um, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about uh, your thinking around uh, connection and purpose and, and building meaningful connections. I think it'll be really valuable for, uh, for everyone who's listening. So we'll be right back with more from Paul Rush. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Gordon. And today I'm talking with Paul Rush. He's the uh, the founder and, and CEO behind Substantial, uh, which is a, a product studio. And uh, Paul, I know you you spend a lot of time thinking about this idea of creating meaningful connections in life and how that translates to business. And I'd love for you to kind of walk us through um, that idea and, and kind of where your thinking is with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is obviously a huge topic for me and it's something that I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm learning more about all the time, but you know, the, this question of what is, what is one's purpose in life, I think is just a deeply fascinating one. And it, and it makes sense at a sort of intuitive level that the more you understand your purpose, the more powerful you can be in the world, the more you can help, uh, you can serve the world um, and, and people around you uh, and, and feel sort of connected to something bigger. And uh, most people don't have a great answer for this question. And I was, you know, wondering this for myself for a long time. Um, and thinking that I had sort of answers, but they weren't necessarily the strongest answers. Um, and how do you get to a more and more powerful uh, answer to that? And I've, and I've been doing a ton of introspection over the last couple of years, you know, connecting to what we we're talking about, having missteps, you start, you start examining things and start thinking about what's important um, in life. And, you know, I, I think I've, I found a couple of things that I really connect with. Uh, and I'm, I'm still on my path to purpose uh, personally. Um, but some of the things that I've learned so far are that I'm, I'm very interested in creation, which is why I have a company that makes things. So I love that process and I, I want to learn more about it and get better at it. I'm very interested in connection. Um, I think a lot of business is about, you know, personal connection and relationships. And, uh, it's fascinating to me why 
connections form between people and how they either become meaningful or sort of lightweight or fade over time and how you build strong ones. It's just everything about how people connect with each other, I think is, is really interesting and super important because that connection is actually what binds teams together and teams are responsible for doing everything that humanity has produced. That's, that's great. Um, so everything around how people, how people connect. Um, and then the last one has been around purpose because I feel like over the work that I've been doing lately, I've been able to help people unlock their potential um, and, and put them closer to a path of, of finding a, a meaningful purpose that allows them to, uh, to be more powerful in the world to unlock their potential. So those three areas are things that I'm, I think are coming together for me um, with the next sort of businesses and services and products that I want to build is how do you create connection, create purpose, and then how do you get better at making things in the world? Um, I know that's kind of like a bunch of vague, abstract uh, things at once, but does that make sense? How does that feel yeah. to you? <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it does. And uh, I, I would imagine, I mean, if, if we start to unpack that, the, the logical place you, it seems you would want to start is with kind of finding purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, if, you know, as you approach this, is that sort of the beginning point for this? And, and, and then that sort of informs the, the other things that, that you begin thinking about and, and pursuing in terms of connections after that? Or, you know, I could also see it kind of working the other way where you begin to build the connections and, and that sort of reveals a purpose. Um, how have you found that working? Um, I think that I, you know, the way I'm thinking about this is what are the most powerful things I can affect in my world? And, um, you know, Elon Musk has this famous narrative around how, when he had exited PayPal X.com, uh, he was looking at what are the technologies he thought would have the biggest impact on humanity moving forward. And he picked the areas that he wanted to go into and he's pretty much gone into all of them, which is amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking of this problem from uh, sort of the meta level of how do we, how do we improve human beings on, on, on earth and how do we become more productive uh, and more engaged in what we're doing? And so if you look at the sort of highest level things that we need to be effective and to be uh, feeling, um, you know, engaged in the world, I think purpose is basically at the, at the highest. It's the same thing when people talk about corporate vision you know, uh, vision and mission are things that are very tricky to define, but when you get them right, you can see it from a mile away. You can see organizations that have this well-defined. I think the same thing is with, with purpose. I was really stunned when I started learning about Tony Robbins and whatever you think about his work and what he's doing, leaving that aside for a moment, it is clear when you listen to this man talk that he is connected with his purpose. He is incredibly powerful um, and incredibly motivated and engaged to do this work. I mean, the guy stands on stage for like 10 to 12 hours a day for his seminars, two, two to three days in a row. And finding that, that amount of energy is just, <laughs> just crazy. You know, like imagine if we could, we could all do that, if we could all become, cultivate an obsession with something in life. Um, I, I, think, I feel like the two, the two most important things you can think about in life are what are your goals in life? But everybody just stops there. They think about what the goals, but I think the, the most important thing with to pair with goals is the why. Why are those your goals? 
Um, and if you think about it, the, the sort of the goals are where are you going and the, and the, the why is, you know, what's your purpose for going there? Um, so if you compare those two things, you become a lot more powerful. Um, and that's the sort of, that's the sort of beginning of, of this exploration. And then the next steps for me are thinking about how I can uh, help people with that, how I can build, uh, you know, uh, a business around that. Um, but it's been, it's been really fun to explore that, that territory. Well, you know, when you look at, um, gosh, there's so many different places that this shows up. When you, when you look at, at, uh, retirees, um, you know, who have had a, a purpose, right. During their life, um, yeah. then suddenly retire and they have that purpose removed. Often that's a fast path to death. It's as if the, yep. the signal has been sent, you know, to, to the body that, okay, we got no more purpose. There's no more reason for us to be here. So let's wind things down. Um, so I, I do think there is this really, uh, this, this really close connection between how we exist as people and, and what we define as, as purpose. But I, I think it's a really difficult thing for people to, to get to because when you, when you put that word purpose on it, it's like, oh gosh, there's pressure now. You know, it's like, and, and you mentioned Elon Musk. So, you know, he's got, I guess, this purpose to, to take us all to Mars or something, you know, well, what if my purpose isn't that big? Is it, you know, does that invalidate it? Um, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with, with this idea of defining the purpose because once you do, you feel like, Oh, well now I've got to, you know, now this is real. I've got to live up to this. And is it good enough? Am I good enough? It, it comes with all these other things as you've thought through it. How, how do you deal with some of those, those practical things that come into it? Yeah. I feel like we've gotten to a point in our culture and I'm certainly subject to this myself where everything has just become too intense or more intense <laughs> than we need it to be. You know, like every company has to have a vision to save the world and every person has to have a purpose that's super meaningful and that, those are the people that get broadcast uh the most you know but i i don't i mean i don't know if that's true and i don't even know if the people that we're we, we idolize or tell these stories about are even in that place you know the other narrative for musk could be that he just found the top three things the most fascinating and and just went in that direction because that felt like a natural direction to go and it wasn't some huge premeditated I must do this or that's, I have, you know, I've failed in life. Um, following your, your nose towards things, I think is just, just as important in the process. And I don't think that it's a process that ends, right? A path to purpose is the path of finding the most important direction to go at any moment in one's life. I, 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 the more I've been thinking about this and talking to people about it, the more I realize that it's, it's a continual process. It's not something that ends. Um, and so that takes a lot of pressure for me off of it because you just have to know where you're going in, in a moment. Um, and move towards an ever more powerful state of being in your life. It's not like you need to um, get there all at once. Uh, I felt like that when I was younger. I don't know, you know, what, what, what's been your, your path of purpose? Well, I, I, first, I, I think this, the idea you just shared is, is an important one. It's a, it's a key distinction. Um, you know, I, I've gone through times where I felt like, you know, I, you, you read a book about, about purpose or goals or, you know, any of those things, they almost all cover this topic to one degree or another. And, and uh, of course, in, if you're writing a book about this, 
you know, and you want to sell a lot of these books, it's got to be inspirational. And so it shows examples of people who have, have these, you know, save the world sort of purposes and as if that's the model to follow. I don't necessarily agree that that's always the model to follow. I think, I think you can have a very compelling and, and dynamic purpose that has a small footprint on the planet and it's no less important. Um, you know, I, I think it's a very a, a personal thing and I love that you put this time limit on it, which um, not only takes some of the, this global pressure off of it, but it also gives you permission to change because I, I think one of the things that really locks people in um, and I know early, early on in, in adulthood for me, um, I can remember feeling that sort of pressure around it. Like I'm going to pick this purpose and that's going to be it forever. That's my life. Well, it's that, now that's a big decision, right? Um, but, but I think if you, if you bring that back to, you know, this is my purpose now, or this is my purpose for this season of life, you know, it, it really can help focus you. That's what I've found um, is that it can really kind of bring things clear. And, and in my mind, it's not so much about what you're ultimately going to do, but it's really just a lens for decision-making. You know, yeah. we, yeah. time is this resource that, that is really in, in, I think all practicality, it's the only limited resource that we've got. I think everything else can, can be scaled. But but time cannot. So then the most important skill to have as a human is discernment. Like, how do I determine with this time that I have that just expired, you know, because it's gone now, 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 how, what am I going to do with that time? And so having the purpose to me gives you that that lens to see it through for decision making. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a fascinating, it's fascinating uh, question and it gets you know pretty philosophical pretty quick but i i think <laughs> trying to trying to overload also purpose too much is, is sort of a, a path uh that can be very frustrating uh because uh while we do have a limited amount of time we also need to be sort of peaceful in our existence and not have every moment be about achieving something great or being taking steps towards goals a lot of a lot of life is just it's just sort of experiencing it i guess it depends on what you you know your view on what life is all about but um, I, I, I want to find a way to to help people get to a better sense of purpose that is, you know, at the same time, uh, powerful and light. Uh, because I think, you know, making it too, too, too intense doesn't really help you. It just makes you feel, you know, more frustrated that you're not moving fast enough or you're not accomplishing, um, you know, enough by society standards or your own standard. And I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with when you can uh, do anything in the day and you control your own schedule, you know, it's almost harder um, to, to, to know what's right to do. And another great reason why understanding more about your purpose or at least your purpose right now helps you make those decisions. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you, you tie this idea of connection and, and I think the language that you use around it is, is building meaningful connections and you tie that together with purpose talk talk a little bit about the relationship between the two and 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 how they work in in your own world well you know i think there's um how can i approach this see there's the, the purpose uh of life on a sort of basic level is to feel like you belong 
I, I believe. And uh, I think connection is one of the most primal ways that we, we feel that we are social creatures. We, we need to feel like we connect with other people and that we belong where we are. Um, so I think, you know, as our cultures move to a more and more sort of connected world, we've felt, you know, ironically less and less connected to each other. And, uh, and that's why I believe that you're seeing a resurgence in conferences and, and events and festivals and, um, you know, social houses like Soho House on the rise, um, because this is a, a need people have and we're, and we're sort of being disintermediated by it, from it, by, by the technology that we're surrounding ourselves with. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I believe that, you know, if, if you think of us as evolutionary creatures, we've, we've been evolving slowly. The technology has been moving very fast and we certainly have not caught up to it. We have a deep need to be connected to other people. Um, that's how we existed for a long time before technology has come around and, and split us into atomic families and, it, you know, the sense of individualism is on the rise. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's really important um, to satisfy a deep need and a sort of a deep intrinsic purpose that we all have to be connected with other people. Um, so I've been exploring that, you know, and I've been doing um, a series of dinners. I've done maybe something like 50, 60 of them now where I gather people from sometimes people who know each other, sometimes people who don't to have meaningful conversation. And we get together and talk about one topic for a couple hours. And it's a great way to get to know people and, and skip the, the sort of small talk that you're, that we're all, you know, overexposed to. Uh, diving into something meaningful as opposed to uh, just staying on the surface. And then I've also been doing a series of weekends for entrepreneurs where we do these retreats and they're somewhat structured and somewhat free uh, to go through exercises about better getting to know each other and to connecting with our own, our own purpose and sense of meaning. Um, and they're, they've been just incredible. It's, it's unbelievable what you can do in two days with, uh, with a group of people um, going from, you know, at times complete strangers to nearly best friends. We have such a hard time, busy schedules, et cetera, of, of making new relationships in life. Um, because typically when we get together with someone, it's for, you know, 45 minutes for a coffee or for a drink. And uh, it's six months apart from every time that you're hanging out. If you spend two concentrated days with people, um, you know, I would encourage this people to do this with their family or with their friends even. It's amazing what happens in that time. Time. It's just uh, it's it's really great what you can you can accomplish. And for me, that's the meaningful connection that I want I want more of in my life. And uh, you know, I'm thinking about making these weekends something that I I do as sort of a side business, something that would be interesting to do um, and fosters meaningful connection. Um, and you know, you know I, it's something that I want. I certainly want more of in my life. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's something that is harder and harder to find these days um, because uh, I think because in large part of the way we're, we're operating with technology um, you know, you see it, you see it within communities. I think you see it within the entrepreneurial community probably done more thoughtfully than, than in a lot of places, but uh, uh, you know, I, things are, are certainly different than, what I recall of, of life before, uh, before the internet, as we talked about, you know, at the beginning, um, it's fascinating stuff. So Paul, if, if folks want to find out more about, uh, what you're working on now and, and projects in the future, what's, what's the best place for them to, to find you on the internet? 
Yeah, so I'm, uh, you can find me at Paul Rush on uh, Instagram. And then I'm relaunching my uh, website, which is paulrush.com, uh, hopefully soon, hopefully by the time this is out. Um, and I'm, I'm uh, working on, I already have uh, the first ones ready to go, a newsletter that helps, you know, it's sort of on entrepreneurship creation and, uh, you know, this sort of purpose connection thing um, to help people, um, you know, find more meaningful connection in their life and to help move them down the path towards, towards purpose. Um, so go, you know, go, go there and check it out and, and uh, sign up if you're interested. Very good. Well, thanks for investing a little bit of time with us today. Uh, fascinating topic and, and uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me. It was great to be here. This episode of the Unstoppable CEO podcast is sponsored by the Unstoppable Agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done-for-you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it podcast prospecting and it's a fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you and it's end-to-end -end a done-for-you system. And so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works. And if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20-minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net. Right on the homepage, look for a link to the video that explains how it all works.